0: hey, welcome back to What We Started EDM, where we speak with producers, DJs, labels, managers, really anyone in the EDM industry that can help us learn and grow. Today, we speak with X Elliot, a DJ slash producer that just debuted his first original track on Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud, and YouTube. In this episode, we talk about content creation, we talk about getting DJ gigs, we talk about testing out song ideas before releasing them. You do not want to miss this episode. Awesome. I'm joined with Elliot. And Elliot, thanks for joining. I just want to first get an idea of what your background is in in music, like how you got started and how you got to where you are now.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, music's been a part of like my life sort of throughout. Um, I you know, was one of those kids that kind of like dabbled in instruments throughout my childhood. Like I did cello for a little bit. I did piano. Um, but I never like really took it super seriously. I was never super invested. Um, and then in high school, I like, you know, high school was an interesting time for like everyone. I feel like, you know, like just growing pains and stuff like that. Um, and kind of because I was, You know, I don't want to say like going through a lot, but in some ways I was. So then I got, I kind of channeled a lot of like that sort of feeling and energy into playing guitar. And so I, starting like sort of halfway through high school, which is kind of late if you think about it. um, I like just got so invested in guitar and I then just kind of started practicing all the time. I never did lessons, uh, but I just like, you know, you got YouTube nowadays. And so I just, that's all you need to like learn. And then I just grinded guitar so much, not really for any particular reason. Like I didn't have a specific goal in mind. It just was like kind of keeping me sane at the time. So I used to, I mean, I used to play for hours and hours all the time. And then once I graduated high school, I was kind of like trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life in a way. And um in the gap year I took after high school, I applied to Berkeley and then that's how I got into Berkeley. And then once I got to Berkeley, um, I kind of then sort of got really into producing. And then now that's kind of at this point, um, three, four years later has become like all I do now. And I don't play guitar as much anymore, but, um, But yeah, so then that's kind of how I got, I transitioned from like playing guitar a bunch to then getting into producing and then just like somewhere along that I got really into dance music and then like that became sort of the focus and there wasn't like, it really was just sort of this epiphany where I was like, I want to uh, like be a DJ and a producer and make dance music and like that's what I want to focus on. Um, And then after that, it was just kind of like, that's all I thought about.
0: Man, that's exciting. Uh, So you went into Berkeley without any experience in producing really at all. Like you were mostly focused on guitar.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, And it wasn't so, it wasn't because like really how I part of the technology requirements for coming into Berkeley is like getting a DAW and stuff like that and getting like logic. And so before that, I mean, you know, getting all this stuff, like, is kind of a lot of money and, you know, so then it took some time before I had like enough stuff to like actually be able to start like making music. And when I started producing, it was like, you know, bad like hip hop or like R&B beats and I would like play guitar, um you know, over it and stuff like that. So a lot of the stuff I made originally was like very much like guitar uh, infused and sort of like R&B hip hop beats. And then like, I was already at that time getting super into dance music, but I wasn't making it as much. And then it kind of over time transitioned to me making like just like house stuff and then me like not, you know, playing any sort of like real instruments over like guitar at all and just like purely using like synths um and stuff like that like plugins and yeah yeah
0: awesome so how does berkeley work because i know some people going to berkeley having like a lot of experience in music and production and then some people maybe don't have as much experience right
1: yeah yeah 100 percent. i was definitely one of those um Right. Some kids go in and they've been playing music their whole life and really like dedicated sort of their whole lives to play music. And they do like a lot of formal training and stuff like that. I was not one of those kids. Um, and so like all the stuff I just learned from like the internet, uh, and same with producing too. Like I learned the majority of stuff I know from like YouTube and things like that. Um, and so I just lost my train of thought a little bit. Uh, So yeah, I was one of those kids that didn't have like the formal training. And then they kind of, when you get into Berkeley, they place you based on these, like a few tests that you take and how you score on those is where they place you for like your core music classes. So like harmony, your training. Um, So I placed them like the beginning of all of those. And, you know, a lot of Berkeley is like a contemporary music school. So there's kids... It's not like I was the only one who was like that. There's a lot of, like, kids who come in and they're not, they're, like, self-taught or focused on more, like, contemporary stuff. And so, they're not, you know, super formally trained. And so, it's it's a good mix of kids who are, like, have had formal training for their whole life and kids who just taught themselves or have, you know, just grew up playing in bands and whatever
0: Awesome, man. So you started producing during your time at Berkeley. When did you start actually releasing your music and putting it out there? And how did
1: that? Yeah, so not until so I'm in my senior year now, right? And I came into Berkeley and I was already producing like on the side, and that was sort of split between uh playing like guitar and practicing and then also producing. And then by my sophomore year, I want to say, I halfway through my sophomore year, I believe, is when I made like the decision, like I'm only gonna focus on producing. I'm like barely gonna play any guitar, and I'm only gonna focus on like my own like dance music and house music. And so then from that point on, it was just that. And then it wasn't until, let's see, we're in 2023, so I didn't release it pretty much. A year ago, I think October of 2022 is when I started, I put out my first thing on SoundCloud. And then I just started putting stuff out. Um, The first thing I put out was just like an original house track. And then uh, with a sample that was not cleared, but like it was just on SoundCloud. So like, who cares? Um, But, and then I started putting stuff out pretty consistently and then also like mixes, um, as well. And, but the majority of the stuff I put on, on SoundCloud was like remixes. Um, and then it wasn't, I didn't release like my first thing on all platforms until August of this year. So like, I think it was August 25th is when I put out my first song, um, take me to the beach, which I really, I was waiting for kind of, I do a lot of stuff on social media, like TikToks and stuff like that. I post like DJ videos. Um, And so, and then I also post videos of like my own music, uh, kind of trying to like, I use it as a way to sort of test out my unreleased music. Um, So I'll just like put it out there and then be like, you know, I think this is cool. Let's see if like everyone else does. And so I was kind of, In this period, this whole year, I've just been, like, doing that over and over again. So, like, on my TikTok, there's so many songs that, like, have never come out. And kind of my goal was to just keep putting out ideas, like, into the world until, like, something caught, you know what I mean? Or stuck with people. And then the song, Take Me to the Beach, which is, you know, this just, like, fun, like, house song, tech house song. Um, I put it, I post it, like sort of uh, overdubbed it on a video of me like DJing live. And then I posted that on Instagram Reels and then it like blew up. And then I was like, well, there's my first song. So that's pretty much what I was like waiting for um, to do.
0: And that translated into the song being successful, right? Like getting a lot of
1: plays and likes? Yeah, a decent amount. I think it didn't do as many streams as I thought it would be. Um but it it still was like a really solid like I'm very content and happy with like how it's done. It's done really well on SoundCloud. Um not as well on Spotify, although like, you know, it's still it, it for me putting out it as like my first single, I'm like very happy. That video on instagram got me like a lot of new followers who were like up you know fans of like or i hate the word fans but just like a, people who were like enjoyed listening to like my music it got me a lot of those so like from that i got like just i really got to develop a sort of like you know starting like base of like supporters that i didn't have before that um and like a lot of that translate into streams, but also just like social media following and stuff like that, and people who like really engage with the sort of content I put out. Because I noticed like a huge sort of like boost after that video went viral, and people just like whenever I would post snippets on my stories, like of people responding to that, um, like on Instagram, like I'll put like a snippet on my story, and I just noticed this huge boost and like. People liking it and stuff like that, and these were all people that found me through that video.
0: Hang on a minute. how many followers did you gain just from that one video
1: blowing up? I think I was at, I was at like, I think a little over, I, I would say like a, a little over a thousand, like a thousand four hundred. I was at like nine thousand for like a really long time <laughs> and i was like oh i'm just going to be at <laughs> so like my other dj videos that i had posted and stuff had gotten me um to like around 9000 followers uh like on instagram and then after that video now i'm at like 10.9 and i was like right over i was just over 9000 so like almost 2000 um Yeah, and those were all people who were, like, following me just because they liked, you know, the song. Your original song, which is crazy, yeah. Yeah, because before that, it was like, you know, when you start posting stuff on social media, no one gives a fuck about, like, you. You know what I mean? You kind of have to, like, force people to, like, like you just by keep continuing to put content out. And then, like, my DJ videos, uh, because I started, like, bringing this, like, you know, cheap, amazon tripod i bought and then putting my iphone on it and just filming me doing like transitions and stuff and like the college bars i would dj at and so i started putting those out then those started to get some traction and then i got a decent amount of followers from doing that throughout like this year and then i started putting out like you know snippets of my own music but people didn't really care that much and you know a lot of it was like not great right and then I started doing that. So then it was really cool when I finally had this video uh like, you know, video that I put out with my own song and then people like really responded to it um relatively speaking, which I thought was cool. Yeah, man.
0: And really you had this theory that you should test your music on social media before putting it out, and then once something hits, then release it and it has a good probably a better chance of doing well. And uh, it's yeah, kinda of like proved that, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. I I think I, you know, I think you should enjoy the music that like you put out. Like it should be something that you know you want to put out. But I also think like sort of my philosophy is especially with dance music, like that's really music for uh, the people in many ways. And you should I, I strive to I want to put out stuff that like people want to hear. You know what I mean? So yeah. if I if I I might like something a lot. But if I like try, you know, test it a few times on like TikTok and Instagram, if it doesn't hit, then I'm not going to put it out because it's not like resonating with anyone. So I want to like, so yeah, that was pretty much the goal, right? I'm just going to keep testing stuff over and over again. I mean, there, there's so many videos on like my TikTok and Instagram reels of like just sort of snippets of random songs that never like caught. And then this one finally did. And then I was like, well, there we go let's send it that's so interesting and it's you never really know what
0: it is about a song that people really like right
1: yeah yeah you know and i think the one thing is i had a lot of fun making it and i think that translated to people enjoying it you know it's and yeah. I think that's, that's one of the reasons too. I remember thinking it was like goofy when I was making it, you know what I mean? Cause it's just like this vocal sample that's like, take me to the beach. And then it was just like, and then the drop. Right. And I remember thinking it was funny and, but I thought it was like, it kind of hit. And then, um, I remember actually I, I posted a snippet on my story and Max, cause he's a good friend of mine. He, uh, I was like, oh, you should post on TikTok. It'll go viral. And I did. And it didn't go viral. Like it didn't do that. It did okay, but it didn't do that great. And then I was like, all right, um, well, let me try it on Instagram. And then I think I posted it once and it didn't do well. And then I remember like a couple of days later, I was like, well, let me try it one more time. And then that was the one that like hit. So that's why like you can't like give up with like posting stuff because it just it tells It just takes one time for it to like hit the algorithm or whatever and like you know yeah
0: next thing you know a bunch of people yeah it's like like you said it's like this and then all of a sudden something yeah then hits yeah you know oh my man and you also talked about posting a lot on soundcloud and it seems to be done pretty well on soundcloud right
1: yeah yeah definitely i definitely do for now i do way better on soundcloud than like anywhere else um i'm not really sure like i mean soundcloud has its own algorithm too and i that's just proven to be helpful like i think it's just my music has gone out there a lot um a lot more on that and i think with like if you're releasing something independently um which is kind of another thing, you know. Another reason why I was like going so hard with the social media is I was having a hard time like getting like labels to want my music, you know what I mean? Um, and so then I was like, all right, well, I'll just like kind of, you know, you don't even know if they're gonna, they're listening to what you're sending, right? I think so. Then I was like, well, I'll just, you know, if people like it, then like that's all that matters, right? Why? Why have them be the filter for like what I put out? I should just put like this out to the world and then if people like it, then that's all I need. You know what I mean? Um, but going back to like the SoundCloud thing, I think because it's like I'm releasing it independently, when a big thing with Spotify, especially, is like the playlist, like getting your music on playlists has like a direct correlation to like streaming and stuff. And so if you release independently, you're like going to have a harder time getting into like, you know, these like sort of curated playlists. Um, Cause like a lot of the labels, they have like the connections directly, or they even own like these playlists on Spotify, like a, you know, a random house music playlist or whatever it might be. Um, and I think SoundCloud works a little differently, where it's more about like the engagement of like, so, you know, how many people are streaming it and then like liking it or like, you know, commenting or reposting. And then it'll sort of like feed it out there to more and more people. I think kind of similarly to like TikTok, it'll feed it out there to more people who listen to like similar genres. Um, Cause in SoundCloud you have like this whole sort of like your home page is kind of like an explore page as well. So it'll like suggest things like more of like what you would like if you listen to like a bunch of house music and it'll suggest like random stuff. I think also too, like you're not, you're not competing with like, like on Spotify, right? I'm competing with like the Fishers and the Chris lakes. Right. But on SoundCloud, it's a little different because they're still putting their music on that. But I just think people are usually going to SoundCloud to find the more like quote unquote, like underground, like less sort of, you know, the more hidden gems type of stuff.
0: I never even considered that. Because uh, SoundCloud obviously isn't what it used to be, but I think you're yeah. exactly right in that if you want to find these underground artists, maybe even like, especially the remixes, because you don't really find the remixes on Spotify.
1: You want to go to yeah. SoundCloud. Yeah, yeah Ed, because like you can kind of bypass this whole like needing to get the sample cleared. The copyright, I don't know, like, the details, but, like, it's it's way easier to, like, put a remix out that's copyrighted, like, of an acapella or whatever that's copyrighted on SoundCloud than it is to, like, do that on Spotify. So that's, like, why you have all these awesome remixes um, that you can find on SoundCloud that you would otherwise never be able to hear because Spotify Apple Music would just take it down, like, immediately. Yeah. It's... That's so interesting, man
0: and you have done marketing yourself for your music on or for specifically with your your mixes you have these mixes i think it's called better than spotify yeah 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 <laughs> those have done well mm-hmm. man have you marketed those yourself or have you just put those out there what what happened with those
1: yeah so i have to remember for the first one and So like, okay, I would post these like DJ videos, right? And then they would do like, well, especially on like TikTok, they would do pretty well. And then I think on some of them, I would be posting like, as like the caption, I'd be like, just put out a new mix, like on SoundCloud, go check it out. And so I did stuff like that. And then I think really that just led to it, you know, I did that on a couple of videos like TikTok videos of mine that really did well. And so I think that got a lot of like eyes on it. And the thing I've noticed with like the mixes is there, you know, because it's all like more like popular songs. So people are a lot more inclined to like engage with it because it's, you know, it's much harder to get someone to engage with like your original music. You know what I mean? It's like, because why would they, you have to, you have to give them the why like why would they listen to that when they can listen to you know an established artist who they already like or they know is going to be good you know what i mean so that's it really has to be like a next level um type of thing but with mixes it's like oh i'm going to the gym i don't want to like you know sh- like keep choosing songs on my own i just want to like listen to something that's going to flow while i like work out or whatever they can go to that and they kind of know exactly what they're going to get gonna hear like these songs in a genre that i like and it's all gonna be the best ones um but like to tell you the truth i don't really know i remember though like posting it doing like a couple tiktok videos saying like go check out my mix and then like all of a sudden it just started to like do well um and i think that's why like the tiktok aspect but it really did like start to catch traction i remember the first time i did it, i was like what the this is so strange I was not expecting it I remember like a couple days later then it was at like a couple thousand and then it like went up even more and this was like you know at the beginning of me putting out stuff so I was like it was it felt like a lot to me it's exciting though man yeah yeah yeah. it was it was cool when it happened
0: you also DJ pretty often right
1: yeah How did that start? Um, so like I'd been, I got into DJing to a little over two years ago. And then like kind of similar time when I was like, Oh, I only want to make house music. And then I got like a controller and started practicing. Right. And, I uh, at the time I was 20, so not 21 yet. And I was just like, all right, I'm going to set a goal that like when I turn after I turn 21, like I want to start getting gigs. So I want to be good enough so I can start getting gigs. Um, And Max was already DJing like at like around Boston and stuff like that. And he was really, really like sort of helpful for me getting my first gig I mean he's really the main reason why I got my first gig because he you know was playing at this like college bar that I play at a lot now and the sets are like five hours long so he was like hey why don't you like once you turn 21 why don't you come like uh you know play for like the first hour hour and a half um of my set which was super cool of him and like, I've always been so grateful uh, for that. Like I, yeah, I, I tried to do the same thing because like, you know, trying to like get gigs as a DJ, especially when you're starting out is really hard. And like, it's not always, you know, they don't always pick people based on like, who's the best DJ it's, there's a lot of other factors and it's competitive. And so it's hard to like get that first one, but once you get the first one, it's way easier to get like the next, you know what I mean? um it's just getting people to like trust you that you can like do a good job so then i like once i turned 21 i did the first time and then he was super fucking cool and let me like do that keep doing that for him so then it became like every time he played at this uh bar he would let me play for like the first hour hour and a half and then later on in the year uh like so a few months later he was out of town and they needed someone to like fill in for cause they for a spot because they didn't have a DJ. And so then he was like, Oh, hey, like you should get my friend Elliot. And like at that time, like my you know, they the promoter kind of knew who I was because like he saw me around because I would like open for Max. So like I think, um, even if he like didn't exactly remember, like it was a familiar sort of name. And also coming from like Max, he was like, You can like He's played there a few times because I like open for him. So you can trust him or whatever. So then I got that. And that was like my first gig ever in like April of 2022, I think March or April of 2022. And then, um and then the promoter like really liked me. And then he was like, do you want more gigs? And I was like, hell yeah, I do. <laughs> and so then like, um, we started from there and then that translated somewhere along the line. I mean, I saw like TikTok was such like a big thing and I was like, and you know, a really big influence on me, especially when it comes to like social media is James Hype, like just the way he does like content and stuff like that has like, it's been such a big influence on me. Um, And that's really a huge reason why he's so successful now. So that was just like a big inspiration. So I was like, I need to start like posting TikToks and reels and whatever. And, you know, that started with me, you know, posting like bedroom videos and me DJing, which were kind of like stupid. But, you know, like the thing is, you're never going to start like posting videos and have it be good. Like your first video is never going to be good. So you might as well just start and then, you know, you build from there. So it started with that. And then at some point I'd like, I was like, oh, I don't have like money or someone who I can like bring to like really film me, but I could like get a tripod and just film my iPhone. And then that started this whole thing where like, as soon as I started doing that and like filming like actual transitions on that, like it, those just started to like blow up. Right. And so then I just kept posting those videos and i would do like you know it's open format but i would try to post videos like oh when the open format dj plays like tech house or just like captions like that and then it would be a video of me like going into like a house track or something like that at like this college bar in boston um so right away that like gets some engagement and then this guy who kind of worked as like an artist relations, but he was also a good DJ and DJed at this nightclub called Royale in Boston, which brings in a lot of like really big DJs. He saw one of those TikTok videos and was like, can you, um, I'm, we're doing like a locals only like DJ show or, you know, just like Royale show. Um, and like, this was later that year in August. So August of 2022, he's like, uh, we're looking for an opener. Like, would you be down to do this? Can you bring like this amount of people or whatever? Um, and I was like, hell yeah, (laughs) you know? And of course, like, you know, he was like, can you bring like 40 to 50 people? And at that time it was over the summer. Like no one was like in town. So I was like, yeah, I can. But like on the inside, I was like, no, I fucking can't. (laughs) Like, There's no way I'm, you know, (laughs) but I, you know, I said, yes, it still happened. And then that was like my first nightclub gig. Um, And then like, once again, did well, they liked me. And then I started getting booked for like support stuff at that nightclub. And then I got to open for people like, you know, side piece and then James hype um, this year and stuff like that. So that kind of, uh, that relationship sort of started from there. And a lot of, djs like ask me like i'll get hit up on instagram and they'll be like oh like how did you like you know get these gigs at like nightclubs like who did you talk to and like whatever and it's like i just put myself out there a lot of djs focus so much on i think like this whole like idea of networking which is really important but you can't i think you run into the risk of like people feeling like you're like forcing yourself onto them like oh, like I can DJ for you. Like, let me DJ for you when you're like talking to them. It's, it's easy to come off that way. You know what I mean? But like, I always say, just put yourself out there on social media. And then like, you know, it will come. If you're putting out like content that is, you know, good and people can see like, you know, skill level and stuff like that, like those gigs will come. It's such a powerful tool to like, you know, build a, sort of, you know, career, whatever that means for you, right? Um, through that.
0: Yeah, man. So really you feel like if you had not been putting content out there, you never would have gotten these huge opportunities to open up these nightclubs for James hype yeah, you were referring to in the first place.
1: <clears throat> yeah, exactly. No, hundred percent. I mean, the first like you know, like I said, the college bar gig, I owe a lot to Max. Like that's how I started there. But then after that, every gig I got after that at nightclubs and stuff like that, all from the videos I posted on social media, it wasn't like I, you know, found like the promoter and texted them and was like, Hey, let me play. Um, and that's what I mean. Like it's, it's, they're going to be less receptive to that DM. Like, Hey, let me play. You should let me play. Cause then they're going to be like, well, you know, why should I? But then when you just put yourself out there, then it kind of, when they come to you, it's because they want you to play. You know what I mean? Um, so you're like putting the ball in their court to like hit you up. Cause believe it or not, like people might not think so, but like promoters and people who work at club, they will see your videos. I mean, these people, everyone goes on Instagram and stuff. If you're putting videos out and it's like, even getting a little bit of traction like they will see it especially if you like you know say where you are and like tag the location of your area like they will eventually run into your content and if they need people they'll hit you up right and it's it's just i think it's a lot better way of getting um opportunities than like you just like trying to like network your way into it um because then also when you try to, like, network your way into it, they might just, like, I feel like they're a lot more likely to try to, like, just use you to, you know, bring people and not because they care about your music or whatever. Yeah, definitely.
0: And also that kind of networking, like, only trying to meet people for what they can give to you, it's not really as, as genuine and people can kind of see through yeah, that, I feel like. A 100%. Not... And also... Another thing you talked about was once you got your, your first gig at that bar with Max, then after that, everything became a lot easier to get, right?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. And like, yeah, that's why I, you know, I mean, of course there's some people who've like hit me up and been like, can I open for you? And it's, and I'm just like, you know, you can tell like based on people's like personality, like who they are in a way and then there's other people come off as really genuine and i do like i've let you know i'm all for it because like i know that's how i got my start and i would have never gotten that if someone wasn't like gracious enough to let you know what i mean so i always try to like return the favor um i should probably return the favor a little more than i do but like I, i still try to like do that because yeah once you get that your foot in the door that first one it's so much easier to get The rest. I mean, you still have to work for it, right? Like, I would have never gotten, like, any of the nightclub stuff if I hadn't, you know, started putting out, like, content on TikTok and stuff like that. Um, But it was a really, like, helpful sort of stepping stone to get there. Yeah, man. And then once you
0: reach out to bars or anywhere to play, often one thing they'll ask is, where else have you played before? Have you ever gotten that? Right. Um or no
1: not really because i mean i mean really most of the places besides like that first bar that i still play at that max got me into like i most of the opportunities i've gotten have been from people finding me like oh that's interesting yeah um so i haven't really i i could just not be remembering i don't yeah I mean, I know I've never got, like, after that, I haven't gotten, like, gigs where I've been, like, oh, where I've hit someone up. um, And that's not, you know, me trying to be, like, oh, like, I've never asked for gigs or whatever. I, it's just, like, I, um, once I got, like, to the, it's at this place called, like, Johnny's, but there's, like, a Fenway Johnny's and a Western Johnny's. There's these two bars in Boston once I started getting gigs there, like they kept coming. So then I wasn't like, I, I I started playing there a lot, like almost weekly. Um, and so I, I, I wasn't like in constant search of like gigs. So then that's why I wasn't like hitting people up as much, but then I was still putting out videos. And then from those videos, I started getting like more opportunities, but it wasn't like, um, I think it would have been different if I was like only was playing there like once a couple of months, I would have definitely like hit people up. You know what I mean? To be like, oh, can I like, if you guys are looking for DJs, like I got you and that type of thing. Um, and of course, then me saying like, oh, where I've played would be super important. But I think really like the most important thing is your social media presence, even if it's videos like, and I think people Far too often, they like write off like just DJing for like friends or like at frat parties. And I'm like, dude, frat parties are like the best gigs. Like it's such a it's always like such a good crowd. And like it makes for really good content. But even if you have like videos or photos of you DJing in those scenarios, promoters and stuff, they just want to see like that you DJ in front of people and that people are having a good time. And so like that presence on social media, I think is the most important. So, if you're trying to, like, get more gigs and stuff, like, having it so that a promoter can go to your Instagram and, like, see you, like, doing what you do and doing it in front of people, like, that's number one most important over, like, oh, this person's played a gig at this bar, this club. Like, they care less about that and more just, like, the idea that, well, number one, that you could bring people. <laughs> but, uh yeah also like number two that you've just like DJed in front of people and people look like they're having a good time. Yeah, man, that makes a lot of sense.
0: Cool. I don't want to talk more about your production. Yeah. You talk about what, what's your workflow? Like how do you go about creating a song?
1: So for a while now, it's usually finding a vocal sample that like I've, like a lot it's catchy and then i'll go from there and so then i build i mean i always start with like you know baseline like that's the most important thing to me once you like for especially for house music like once you have that like that's that's what really carries the track um so like number one catchy vocal sample and then number two finding the right like baseline so i'll spend a little bit just finding Like, I'll, you know, throw in kicks and then start messing with the bass line until I get, you know, something that I think is cool. Because if I can get it to sound really good with, like, the vocal, kick, and bass line, like, that's, like, the heart of the track. And then sometimes I'll start, um, I won't start with the bass line, I'll maybe start with, like, a cool, like, you know, try to find a cool, like, synth sound or something like that, um, but usually it's with the baseline. I, th- I think it's the most important thing to start with to like base your track around of. And then from there, I can like try to mess with cool like synth sounds um, and stuff like that. It gives you a really good foundation to like build around. Because um, otherwise, sometimes when I'm starting with like, you know, a cool synth or whatever, I my track will just like lack... The foundation in the beginning, and then I will kind of like not am not sure what direction I want to go. Then, and so by starting with just like baseline and stuff like that, I can really like develop a direction.
0: Yeah, and with the baseline, do you typically map out the entire track with the baseline,
1: drop, and everything, of course? So I'll usually start from like the drop, right? So then I'll just get like a good. Um, And especially with like Tech House, like the bass line is like ostinato, like it's repetitive. It just, you know, the same, it'll be like the same sort of like, you know, one measure, two measure bass line and it repeats the whole song. Um, So usually I'll like kind of start with the drop, get the bass line down and like, you know, like eight bars, 16 bars, and then I'll add in more drums and then I'll start adding in like synths and stuff like that. Um, and then I'll kind of build, I usually build like backwards. So I'll start with the drop and then I'll, after I like get the drop to a place that I think is like cool sounding, I'll then go backwards to the build and I'll like try to figure out a cool build to get into the drop. And then I kind of move sort of in both directions. So I'll continue building like the rest of the track. Then, then also go backwards to, you know, make some sort of like intro or verse to get into like the build and the drop.
0: How how many tracks, like how many different instruments and samples are you using for one
1: track? Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 It depends. It really depends. Um, You know, I don't think I've ever gone. For the most part, I think I stay in like the forty to sixty range. Once when it's all said and done, um, usually you know if I'm working on a song with a lot of vocal tracks, that's what kind of makes it, you know, up, you know have a lot more tracks than it would be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say for the most part, like forty to sixty tracks in total with stuff, and that's including like, you know, all your effects tracks, your drums, your synths uh return tracks like all the other sort of additive stuff yeah, yeah there's always so much
0: going on that comes to you out there yeah yeah exactly That's crazy and where do you find your vocal samples do you use splice or yeah else? yeah
1: splice a lot um spice is cool I spend a lot of time you know it's it's honestly amazing how many big dance tracks are from splice uh like you know it's becoming more and more known now that there's like a decent amount but then like because i've spent like i spend like hours in the trenches of splice trying to find like the purple perfect vocal sample um and like i found i've found so many like number one songs like from like splice that started as splice samples it's actually insane how many um but yeah, I try, I usually go for Spice. It's nice because it's copyright free. So like, I don't have to, you know, if I were to ever release it, like I don't have to worry about, you know, having to get it cleared, which me being like a nobody right now, like I'm not, <laughs> that's it's, I'm going to have like an impossible time trying to clear like a little Wayne sample or whatever, like it might be. Um, but yeah, and then I try to, you know, with Spice, I really try to find samples from genres that like people wouldn't necessarily think about for like a house song. So I, I try to, I, I try to look at like different pull from different styles. So vocals from different styles, instead of just like, cause you know, you can go on Spice and just like look up like house vocals, but it can be easy. Sometimes you can find stuff that's really cool, but it's easy for it to sound kind of corny and cheesy because it, it, a lot of those samples are sort of like built off of like songs that have already you know like classic house songs so it'll 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 just be like oh i've already heard this so i'll like try to like look at different genres on spice and vocal samples from that to try to like find something that's like cool and like you know just different than what i've heard before
0: as take me to the beach was that sample from Splice as well yeah
1: yeah yeah and that was actually that was from like an actual like house sample pack like some like by uh, base house sample pack um and it's like it's not the beginning it's like it was this whole sort of sample and the take me to the beach bar is like the middle of it and then i like extracted that out and then there's another part from that sample pack that's like the um this other sort of uh hook that's in the track that comes in like later on but spend all your money on me exactly yeah (laughs) yeah yeah yeah
0: man awesome i I also noticed that. oh go ahead
1: No, no i was just gonna say it's funny because that like sometimes when you're making stuff like it all just like comes together like perfectly so like the video had blown up right for take me to the beach you know relatively speaking it blown up um and I like, but the track wasn't done. So then as soon as it did well, I was like, fuck, I need to finish this and put it out because people actually like a song of mine. And I was like, I was missing some elements and I was like, well, let me check if like there's other vocals that will work um, for like the track. And then I just found that it was another vocal in the sample pack. And I was like, this is perfect. But it was like, it was just luck. Like, you know what I mean? I could have just been so screwed and not have been able to find like another sort of catchy sample that fit with like the song, but. That's tight. Yeah.
0: Sometimes songs or even your best songs just come together so easily, you know, so naturally and so quickly.
1: Right. Yeah. 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 A hundred percent. And a lot of that is like somewhat out of your control. Like, you know, sometimes you just might happen to find the right, you know, synth for sound. You know what I mean? You or you like, if you design, um, you know, like your own synth and serum, like you just, it's not always that like everything comes together. Right. So when it does, then it's like, cool. Because, you know, sometimes you might just be like, Oh, let me reach for that. Like that might be a cool sound over this. And 99% of the times it's not, you know what I mean? It ends up just being like, mid right but then the time that it does then it just like it all comes together
0: yeah that's the best feeling yeah
1: yeah, yeah it is but it like you know doesn't unfortunately it doesn't happen that much
0: <laughs> no but it goes back to like you just got to keep trying stuff uh and eventually stuff is going to work
1: yeah a hundred percent and i think one thing that like made me feel so much better is um Chris Lake is like, I mean, he's such a big idol of mine, um, for production. Like he's been huge and he has a bunch of Twitch streams on YouTube and just like, it really sort of changed the outlook for me because, you know, earlier on in producing, I would always like sit down and be like, all right, I gotta make like a fucking banger. You know what I mean? Like, and I would just, that's like the lens that I looked at it from. And then I started watching his streams and he was just going in and it was so like, he was just so like in the pocket and loose. And like, what I mean is just like, he just let it flow. He wasn't, there was no expectation that what he was going to make was going to be like good or amazing. He just kind of like, I'm going to try this. Then I'll try that. Oh, this is cool. Let me like mess with that. And you know, 99% of the stuff like is not going to be release worthy right like most of the stuff you make is gonna sit on your computer forever and it's like you know the few that you're like oh this is like good enough to put out um or whatever so then when i had that realization like it it really changed the way i like viewed making music and so just like going in and just having fun with it and not being like oh i need to make like the best song i've ever made right now because when you look at when you think that way like making music like it's just such a um it's such a narrow sort of way to think about it and then you end up not being like as creative as you can be Mm -hmm. you can almost be
0: like detrimental to yeah creating good music yeah
1: yeah but it's hard because you do want to make like you want the next thing you make to be like something you could put out or like you know what i mean that would be like a hit or whatever But of course, fortunately, that's just not how it works, you know? (laughs) But that's why you got to love like the process. (laughs) Yeah. You can't force it. Yeah, exactly. It comes. Uh,
0: And it is really cool to see that even like the top of the top, like Chris Lake experiences the same thing. And it's, it's just really part of what it takes to make good music.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. I like anyone who feels like, uh, whenever you're frustrated, like I always watch those streams, like of him, because it just, it's like, oh no, everyone goes through this. You know what I mean? Like, not everyone goes through periods where they're like, fuck, like I'm really not making like good music. You know what I mean? Like, that's just it's part of the process, um, and you have to let yourself sort of be okay with like being creative, trying new things, and being okay with like the idea not sounding good. You know what I mean? Yeah, man.
0: I I noticed one thing that you do that I haven't really seen any other art, artists do is for every song, every mix you put out, you also put out
1: an extended mix, which I assume is really like yeah. DJs, right? Yeah, exactly. Yep. And so that's just like um on SoundCloud, like you can do this thing called uh hype edit and it's like a download gate thing and i didn't start doing until like a couple remixes in um but it's just like it's a gate you set it up so like people can go to your soundcloud and then it'll say like download and then you click on that but then in order for them to download it um they have to like follow you on instagram or follow you on soundcloud or like the like track on soundcloud and stuff like that um And so, like, those extended mixes are just, like, yeah, like, for the DJs. Um, I feel like a lot of my remixes are, they're pretty, like, DJ friendly and a little less, like, maybe less something you would just, like, listen to, like, walking to school. But, like, specifically for DJs to, like, play when they're, like, DJing at, like, you know, bars or, like, clubs or whatever, um... So that's why, like, I've always put an extended mix as well, because I really just feel like a lot of my remixes cater to, like, the DJ audience, like, uh, the most. Um, But then, of course, like, I always put out, like, the sort of radio mix just because, like, that's the most, like, listenable one, because no one wants to hear, like, 16 bars of just drums, like, in the beginning of every song. (laughs)
0: What is that service called that you use to make it so that they follow you?
1: Really it's uh, called Hype Hypedit. Hype Edit. So, yeah, and it's all like one word. So like H Y P E D I T. Yeah. Awesome. Man.
0: I've seen that before, but I never even considered using it. I think that's a really smart idea.
1: Yeah, yeah. I noticed um, like all of my favorite DJs, like when you go to their SoundCloud and they have like remixes on there. Um, I noticed them having it and so you pay like a monthly fee or something for it to do it, but it's really helpful because it's a really good way to create engagement with your music. Um, because you can like enable download on SoundCloud so then people can just download it off of there. Um, but when you do like it through Hype Edit, then it like forces them to like follow you and do the stuff if you want the remix, um, if you want to download the remix. So it's, it's just a good way to like, you know, continue building. Damn yeah, Matt, I think it makes a lot of sense. Cool. I learned a lot, man.
0: I want to know like, 2023. It seems like it's been a pretty big year for you and, and your artist project, right? Like what has happened this year for you?
1: Yeah. I mean, I did like in the beginning, like in March, St. Patrick's day, which is in March. Yeah. Like the end of March or middle of March. That was like my first ever support gig for side piece. So like I went from that and then I did James hype. Uh, Oh, like sort of on Cinco de Mayo. So like a month and a half after that. Um, and those were like my first two, like support, like for like, you know, a headliner gigs. Ever. Yeah. So that was really cool. Released my first song. Um, which was a goal of mine for 2023. Um, And like, I also had a goal like at the beginning of the year. I mean, I hate new year's resolutions, but it was kind of like that to just like put out a song that gets over 10,000 streams. And that was my goal for like this year. And like, I did that, which was cool for me. I'm like, Uh, I mean, sort of like my SoundCloud stuff, but then also like would take me to the beach and stuff like that. Um, I wanted to find like a goal that was like, you know, obtainable, but also like, you know, pushed me. And of course, 10,000 is like not a lot, but for me starting out, um, it felt like it would be a good accomplishment. Um, and yeah. And then, I mean, looking forward, I'm trying to get some stuff on labels, which I'm in the works with one song now that might, so that would be cool. Um, and that it's this collaboration with this other DJ. Um, and if that comes out, that could be a, it would be a pretty big thing for my career, just cause it would be like the first label release, like on a, some of the, I mean, some of the ones that are looking at are the bigger, like a house like in edm labels um so that'd be really cool so fingers crossed we'll see what happens with that um but yeah mainly good and then i did my first uh like sort of out of town gig this past weekend which was super cool like i went to houston um on saturday so that was a cool it was an interesting experience i mean it wasn't like it wasn't like underwhelming, but it's not like I went there and it was like sold out crowd and it was crazy. It was just like yeah. it was a vibe and it was it was cool and it was like a good first experience, um, for that kind of thing. So yeah, I'm I'm happy. It's always hard because like you always look at a. You always want to be doing more, right? You look at other people and you're like, oh, I wish I was doing that and that and that, yeah. and then you get so caught up. And then it's nice to like look back, be like, no, dude, like, think about where you were in January. Like, you weren't like, you hadn't done any of this stuff. Like, none of these things were out. So it's always good to be like, no, you're still like, you're doing okay. (laughs) Even though I'm always like telling myself, like, oh, like, I'm nowhere I need to be.
0: (laughs) You got to always appreciate how far you've come, even if you, yeah, I mean, even if you're not like where everyone else potentially is. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I meant A year from now, where are you open to be? I know you said you wanted to get a song out on a label. Is there anything else? Like yeah. any other specific
1: goals? Yeah. I think to, to really start to like get more of a, a touring thing happening with that's like my next big goal to like try to to really start like doing like um multiple shows that are like in sort of like other markets so like out of you know um trying to get something like that going uh i think my next big goal now is to get over a hundred thousand streams on like an original um, uh release uh for that but yeah, like those are the those are the two. Like uh, release on a major label, um, get over a hundred thousand, and then also start like doing some, you know, uh not touring necessarily, because I feel like touring means that like, oh, you're like every weekend you're somewhere else and it's like a a planned out thing, but just to start like getting, you know, spots, you know, around america would be super cool
0: yeah man thanks again elliot for coming on here i learned learned so much actually just from this one hour conversation i really appreciate it
1: yeah dude thanks for having me it was it was fun to like go through like the whole sort of uh i guess journey and yeah i enjoy talking about it so
0: (laughs) yeah it's just the beginning where can people find you on social media and where can they find your music
1: yeah. So, um, X Elliot X and then E L I O T, uh, to find me anywhere like SoundCloud, Spotify, um, or any other platforms. And then for Instagram and TikTok, my handle is, uh, X Elliot music. So yeah, you can find me there. Awesome. Man. And there's a space between the X and the Elliot. And, uh, yeah. So like, On Instagram, it's like in TikTok, it's all one word, like X Elliot music. But then Mm -hmm. for like Spotify, SoundCloud, it's X space Elliot. Perfect, man. Thanks again. Yeah, dude. Thanks for having me. I had a great time. Perfect. Hey,
0: thanks for listening to the podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, and YouTube. Just search what we started EDM. If you would like to reach out to us, shoot us a DM on Instagram. It's at Whatwe started.edm. Thanks again. Catch you next time.